Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, continuing our study together in the book of uh, Galatians, Epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians, uh, chapter 3. And uh, this is our, I think, third session with chapter 3, uh, or fourth. One, two, three, probably fourth, actually. Uh, as, as, as you said before, it's, uh, it's uh, very... Uh, uh, rich and very heavy, so we're taking it as, as we are going uh, step by step. Um, just to remember, again, Galatians were people who uh, accepted the faith, and then uh, some people came to them and trying to uh, convince them that, that salvation uh, not not through Christ only, and can be, can be or should be through the work of the of the law. And just to, to clarify again, because I actually just had a discussion with somebody else this morning about this, the work of the law, meaning the work of which part of the law, remember? The rituals, not the morals, right? Not the morals, the ritual part, which is again, the circumcision, the sacrifice, the washing, all those things, right? So in, in, in chapter, and then not only that, but they actually accuse or start to attack St. Paul as that he is not equal with uh, with the apostles with peter and 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 john and 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 the rest so he spent good amount of time uh first two chapters defending himself not defending himself for himself but defending his gospel his message right being that he has received this from from christ and this is what he's teaching is not his own uh, uh opinion or own uh teaching but it's the teaching of of god of Christ himself and then went on several times in in talking about the again that the the law again the law is not that the law is bad but the law is not what's helpful right and we'll talk about this more and more today uh going to that to chapter three which is more of again uh started with with uh kind of rebuking them and we said that the, the reason for that was what not just because they are being uh, trying to, to to deviate, but because they are trying to do what, trying to find their own righteousness through their own work, right? Not through the work of Christ Himself. And that was uh, the first time of, of chapter three. Last time we were talking about. So this is the third time talking about more and more about the idea of the the righteous lives by faith. And we 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 talked about this a lot. That lives by faith, meaning that actually that faith has to be what living, practicing, right? It's not just the faith that, okay, I believe and that's it, but no, the faith that, that is, is perfect faith and the faith that is active and the faith that is transforming is the faith that we have to live by it. We have to live by it. And we talked about, about that also, uh, what does it mean to live by faith? Today, actually, we'll, 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 I'm hoping to finish chapter three. I'll read it first and then we'll do something a little bit different. I think, you know, uh, let, let's read it first. Let's read the, 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 the passage from uh, chapter 3, from verse 16 till 29. So it's 16 to the end, or from 15, because that's the section itself, from 15 till uh, 29, and then we go from there. Um, and again, as, as I will continue to read from the ESV, uh, so it might be a little bit different than what you have, but, uh, but let's focus on that and then see what we have today, okay? For that, what we talked about last time, again, is what, we, what we've learned together that, that St. Paul is actually uh, reciting a part from the Old Testament. From which book, if you remember? No, the book of one of the minor prophets where he said, but the righteous lives by faith. From which book? Habakkuk, Habakkuk, right? Two, three, Habakkuk, where we, we talked about actually the actual uh, context of that, that he's talking about, about the pride, the prideful man, but then the man that lives, uh, or the righteous man lives by faith, right? If you, remember, if you remember this, okay? So, and then he goes on to give more examples of what he is trying to prove here. But again, this passage can be very, very, very uh, also um, complicated, if I may say that, and, and, and more of, uh, of repetition, but actually it's not, because then that's why, you know, as, as I'm saying, we'll, we'll try something different today. We'll actually go to the, to, the, to, the, to the end of the passage, end of the chapter, and go backward, because I think there is, there is 
a big, big difference when we read it this way and see exactly where, where is he leading? What is he trying to, 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 to bring to them, right? So let's read it together and then, and then see what, what, what is this all about. Uh, again, Galatians 3 from 15. To give a human example, again, human example of what? Let's read the verse before that. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So we're saying, as we talked about, about Abraham, that the promise is through faith, not through what being, being a biological children of Abraham, right? So that's, and then he goes on to, to clarify that, okay? To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterward does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God. So as to make the promise void, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. I'm just going to read the whole thing and then we'll stop. Okay. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Please. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Grace of God be with us all. Okay. What is this all about? Anybody understands anything? <laughs> Let's set, set the text aside. And I want to go off the last text, the last verse. And I'll, I'll tell you why, why I'm doing this. At, at the end of the verse, again, Galatians, uh, end of chapter, of chapter 3, says, For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. According to this, and this passage is very, very important because it, it, is, it, is, it talks about several things. It talks about, about, about uh, uh, justice, talks about equality, talks about freedom, it talks about inheritance, talks about everything. And I think this, this passage is actually the reason all the turmoil and all the, 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 the tribulation and all the struggles and all the, the, the wars and all the fights and all the broken families and all the, 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 the bad relationships is all because of that. Because what, is, what, what he's talking about at the end here is what? That all is what? Equal. All is equal, right? I look at whoever and I, I see that person as what? As my brother and my sister. There is no difference, right? So with that, and, and, and see how that is actually affecting what, what we're struggling with nowadays, right? In everything, in, on any level, 
on any level. It, 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 it is the reason and the, and, the, and the core behind every other problem because we are not looking at each other as what, as we are all heirs. Means we all have one father. We are all inheriting from one thing from one father, right? So if, I, if we keep this in mind and then, and then ask ourselves, and I'm asking myself, like in order to have this kind of vision for each others and for the whole world, what kind of lens we need to put on? What kind of lens we need to put on? And again, I'm gonna go back to, again to the text and what, what St. Paul is talking about, but I think it's very, very relevant to take it from this, from this angle. What is it, again, in order to see you as a brother and sister, in order to see that there is no difference between a Jew and a Greek and a man and a male and a female and a white and black and yellow and whatever, I need to look through a certain what? Lens. What would be that lens? What would it, what would it be? What do you think? Yes, David. The Christ is the father. Okay, how can I really use that? Okay. 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 So David is saying that we have one father and he is the source of everything. There's no distinction. Okay. I think we all know that. Right. Okay. 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 So this is what David is saying that the problem is that we are distinguishing or people distinguish themselves, right, as whether they are from the lineage of Abraham or not, right? Meaning what? Meaning that somebody is better than the other. Okay. That's a very good point also. What else? What else? Online people just feel free to, to, to join anytime. What else? What other lenses that we need to use in order to see that we are all equal? And equal, again, it's not just an intellectual thing, not just, no, equal in actually the way I treat everybody, right? Humbleness. The way I talk about everybody. Say again, Fifi. Fifi. Humble, humbleness, humble. Okay. Humility, humility. That's, that's, that's a very good point. Humility, right? Because not, not to look at someone is higher than me or lower than me, we're all equal in Christ. Okay, in okay. Christ. You're coming very, very close to what were the texts actually, again, and we're taking it from the, from, the, from the end and going up backwards to see exactly what was, what was that all about? What is he trying to, 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 to say, right? Okay, what else? I think love is on the top of everything. Love, loving each other or okay. look, you know, <clears throat> I, I believe that if we really live with that love, um, we will forgive each other very easily. Okay. But what stands, again, as you said, Fifi, just, just before that, what stands against love is what is loving ourselves, right? Why is that? Because we think that we are better, again, right? Okay. What else? So, Amuna, it says, <clears throat> it says that we put on Christ, so maybe... Um, we need to like look to each other how God looks to us, not how we think okay. others are. He's saying that put on Christ. If we were baptized, right, then we put on Christ. That means again that it's not no no more myself, but who? It's Christ. Okay. Okay. What again? What's what's the challenge of of having that mindset? Me. When I just just let let's simplify it. When I when I when somebody you know does something, for example, and I start to judge that person, I'm judging the person knowing that what or thinking that what that I am. I'm better. I'm better. <clears throat> right. Just keep this also as a side note because that that will 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 prove what we're saying from the text itself. That I am what I am better. Right. Better. Why am I better than the other person? Because of what? Because I understand better. Understand better. Okay, what else? I know God more. 
than I know anyone nobody. else. Okay, I do better things, right? Okay, back again to, to what we see, the self-righteousness, justifying ourselves, okay? Okay, anything else, what else? I'm a servant and you are not. Okay, okay. So again, who, what I do, what I earn, what I, what I, what I read. The pride, the pride in us when we are proud of ourselves. Okay. The pride See, bring us down. The pride, which definitely us. That, that's what we said, humility and pride. They're, they're opposing each other. Okay. Mm -hmm. How is that? Okay, let, let's get back to the text again now. How is that kind of related a little bit or more actually and more to what St. Paul is trying to do here? What is, what is this section is all about? Being sisters and brothers, Yabuna? This is at the end, but before that, let's take it again. Oh. We're going to go oh. back to it, right? So he ends up with that idea that we are all what? One, right? In a way, he's what he's saying, that the people who, are, who came to, to the Galatians and tell them that you have, to be Jude, you have to go through Judaism in order to be justified, he's telling them that what? The Jewish people are what? Are better than you, right? They are more justified. So in order to reach them, you have to be what? To be like them. So what the main problem, as we said last time, the main problem was what? That they are trying to do what to do or to cause division. Right? Based on what, what he, he was trying to tell them, that the problem is, is, you know, you think you will be saved by Christ. No, we are better than you are because we have Moses, we have the Torah, we have the law. And in order for you to reach that point, you have to go back to this, right? So it wasn't just a matter of, of, of teaching, but it, it was actually a matter of starting to actually cause what? Cause division, causing that, no, the Gentiles are, are less important and less valued than the Jewish. And that's where St. Paul, towards the end of this chapter, goes back again to that base, which is what, no, we are all the same. But again, why? Why is that? If you look at, at specifically verse, verse uh, 20, uh, six, 22 and 23, verse 22 and 23, I think this is, this is the the, 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 the center of this, the center of this. What does it say? What does it say? It says that now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. But the scripture in a different translation, but the scripture has confined or, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin. The scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. What does that mean? But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. What is he trying to say here? Again, back to the point that there is no one better than the other. No Jews, no Greek, no Gentiles, no black, no white, nothing. Why? Because we're all under what? We are, we're all in the prison. Yes. Yes, we're all in the prison, as Dr. Simili said, we're all imprisoned. Look at the text again. We are all imprisoned. The scripture has confined all under sin, has imprisoned us all under sin. Why? Because no one is able to fulfill the law, the commandments. So what are you, that's exactly what St. Paul talked about in, in 1 Corinthians. What are you boasting about? What is it that you have that wasn't given to you? Right? What makes you better than the other? Why are you judging so and so? Why are you saying, no, no, we are better as Jews than you Gentiles, and in order for you to reach what we've reached, you have to go through what we went through, right? Obviously, the law didn't justify you. You are under the imprisonment of the law, right? 
The commandment, again, that back again to, 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 the, to the Sermon on the Mount, again, that very, very high bar, right? Love your enemy. If you if somebody asks you, you should give them the clock. If you do this, do this, do this, right? If one is, is go, go the second mile, go the extra mile. Why all this? And that's what he is going again. That's how he started the section with. He's saying that you know what we are all imprisoned under the law. There is no one that is able to fulfill the law, except the one and only, which is what the Lord Jesus Christ Himself who fulfills the law. And in order for Him to fulfill the law, He had to do what? To be a curse. Remember last time? He had to be a curse. Meaning what? That in order to live, He had to die. So for us, in order to live, we have to die. Meanwhile, there is no point. If anybody of us back again to you foolish Galatians, how can you think that you will be better than so and so and so? Who made you better? Right? So back again to our, to our practical life, to our struggle life, again, whether it's in, within our families, our, our, our relationships, our everything, what makes one better than the other? What makes one able to judge the other? What is it? We are all under the prison. We're all imprisoned under the law, as it says. And we're all waiting for what to come. If you look at the scripture, it's very, very interesting the way, the way it's written. That the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, what does before faith came? With, is faith a man that will come? Faith, not faith in Jesus. Faith is Jesus. Because he is talking about what about the fulfillment of the promise through what the seed, and that's why he said not through the seeds, not the offsprings, but the one, the offspring, which is what Christ. So the fulfillment of the promise, the inheritance is through whom? Through Christ. So before faith came, which before the, the seed came, which in the seed all the promise was fulfilled, we were all still under what? under the law. So that's, that's why he, he, he started with that and he go, go, he's going more and more and more to make it actually very, 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 at the end, the, 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 the reason of all this, which is what our relationship with each other, how we can see again Christ in each other, how, what is that lens? So that lens that I was talking about early that we need to put in order to, to do this is the lens that we are all what? under the prison of the law till Christ came, right? And that's why he, he brings here what, something that's very, very important that makes us all again, the children of God through what? From the text, through what he said. For many as you as were baptized into Christ, that's why he brings baptism because the baptism, through the baptism we are getting what? New birth. Right? So the one thing that freed us from the prison of the sin is when we died, an old man died in the, in, the, in the baptism and we all put on Christ as the new man through the baptism, right? And here you see that how, how he's putting all what we believe and all what we do in a very, very practical way into relationship with each other. Because he says at the end, this is, this is at, as he, he ends Galatians after this, this is the whole idea, right? Is how we can reflect that and how we can see Christ in each other and how we can help each other as, as to, to, to walk in the spirit, as he says, and not to fulfill the, 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 the flesh. So this is the whole idea of this, of this section. Again, he goes on to the end of this, which is again, how we, can, how we have that equality, how we can look at each other as we are all one. And we will never be able to, 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 to do this unless we always remember that we were all what? Under the law. That's why Christ came. Because as we, if you go backward towards what, where we started from this section, he, he talks about what? That the law could not give life could not give righteousness. The law was, was what? Gave us actually the reason to wait for the promise, right? Because if, again, imagine this, if we are imprisoned under the law, 
right? So because of that, we are waiting for what? For, for, for the promise to be freed from that, right? So if there, if, if we, if there was no law, we wouldn't know that we are in prison, and we wouldn't wait for the promise, right? Right. 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 One, one very important thing, and that's why here he says, even, even in verse 19 himself, he talks about, so why then the law, right? So he, he himself is, is, is answering the question, right? But there is, there is, there, this is like, like the, 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 the main outline of this passage again, but I wanted to take it from, from where it ends because that is the goal, right? Is how to live that. Again, I was reading this earlier today that when, when you talk about, when he talks about, you know, in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male or female for you are all one in Christ. That means what? Lots of times we talk about what we call our identity in Christ, right? But actually, according to, to, this, to this verse, he's saying what? Like you have no identity, right? You're nothing. You're not a Greek, you're not a Jew, you're not a male, you're not a female, you're nothing, right? Why? Because the one and only is what? Is who? Is Christ, right? And there's no way we will deal with each other on that basis unless we really, really understand that we are what? We are nothing. We are nothing. Right? Why we're nothing? Because we were under, everybody was under the prison, under the enslavement of the, of the law till, the, till faith came, right? till Christ came right? and fulfilled that. So let's go on, go back again and see what, what is this, because this passage also has certain uh, uh, verses that are kind of hard to understand and we need to explain that. But be, before we go, we go there, I need to hear from you other, you know, thoughts or comments or, or questions about, about this particular uh, passage so far. Anybody, online people also. Yes, David. Okay. And I'm wondering if that is a tripping point because he's talking about a seed. Right. 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 He's talking about one seed, which is Jesus. Right. Right. Yes. So it has a, um, there's always a dual meaning and interpretation. Is that we're thinking? But actually, it's, it's, it's the way they understood it, or the Jewish understood that, is not based on the text. Because the text, again, if we go back again to the origin, whether it's Greek or, or Hebrew, it's single. It's single. Zara. Zara. Seed. Not seeds. Offspring, not offsprings. Which, but they, they thought, they, again, the, the, what, they, what they have in mind, that they are the only chosen people, and they are that offspring, right? Offsprings, right? That's why St. Paul here is, is clarifying this to them. He said it's not written offsprings. It's written offspring, right? Sperma or sperm. That's the exact word in Greek. Spermata is, 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 the, is, the, is, the, is the plural, but it's written sperma, one, right? And that one is fulfilled, that seed is who? Is Christ. That seed is Christ, right? Actually, if you look back again to the genealogy of Matthew one, you see that starts from Abraham and the, the lineage of Abraham stops where? With Joseph, right? So it's right there, <laughs> right? Because we know that, that St. Mary was, was, uh, 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 gave birth from the Holy Spirit, not from Joseph. So even the genealogy, if you look at genealogy of Matthew, starts with Abraham as the father, right? And then stops where? With Joseph. So the lineage itself doesn't continue as, as the actual offspring or offsprings, the, 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 the biological offsprings of Abraham, right? Back to the point again, like what are you boasting about? 
And that's exactly what, Sam, what, what the Lord himself said when he said that I can make out of this stone what children of Abraham. Yes. Why did they give the law only to the Jews? Very good question. Where, when, was the, when, when was the law given? After what? After Exodus and after specifically when in Exodus? Yes, after Moses went up on the mountain, right? And then he came down and then people start to worship Baal and do this and that and worship the, 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 the golden calf. And then, okay, no, you, you, you're not able to, to continue like that, right? I have to give you certain things in order to give you boundaries, to tell you that what you're doing. Although, again, there were things that were, were, were transmitted by, by mouth from generation to generation. But they didn't have the actual, and that's exactly what St. Paul is, is, is tackling here in this passage, that it was given to you in order that you would be what, as a, he, he brings a very, very good example analogy, which is what tutoring, have, let's, let's bring this and see what does it mean. You were under, uh, in verse, um, what is it? In verse 24. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Right? And then before this, it says that, that the, the, uh, the guardian meaning what? That we were, we were exactly like an infant who doesn't have the right and doesn't have the maturity, doesn't have the knowledge to make a decision, right? So they put what they assigned whom for that infant or underage person, a guardian to do what? To control and to guard and to rebuke and to discipline and to take care of, right? So that's exactly what he's saying that you were, the people were very, very, very immature. So he is preparing the people for the coming of Christ. And that's, why St. Paul here is saying that that's one of the reasons the law was given to, to as a guardian until you become what? Ready. And that's why we say in the fullness of time, when St. Paul talks about in the fullness of time, Christ came, God became flesh. Why to them only? Because out of, again, the promise was for Abraham. And that's what he says here, that the promise came before the law. 430 years, actually it's more than 430. Well, this is a big debate also, but if you, well, we'll talk about this. But out of, from Abraham, the promise was given that your offspring, right? Mm -hmm. So the offspring from Abraham, as we know, that became Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob gave the, the, the 12, and then the whole nation of Israel went to Egypt and then came back again. So that was the promise to Abraham, right? Not to any other nation, right? But also with that, and that's what, we're, that's what St. Paul is talking about here, that it wasn't only for them, right? It was for everybody. Through whom? Through the one seed, which is Christ. And that's why St. Paul here is saying that, why are you boasting about? It wasn't only you. It was for everyone. It was for everyone, right? So, but you think that it was only you because you are the biological offspring of, of Abraham, but actually the, the, the promise is for everybody, for all the nations. And you see this message is repeated throughout the whole Testament, the old, the old Testament, that the, all the nations will come. You see it in Isaiah, you see it in, in, in Zechariah, you see it in the, all the, 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 the prophecies, that the nation will come back again and they will come and worship God in the Mount of Zion, right? from all nations. That, and this is out of God's, again, love. That his love is for the humanity in general, not for only certain race. But what defines that is what is faith. See? Right. Okay, anybody else? Any comments or questions?
Okay, if we go through the text again, because I would need to clarify a few things here just to, to make sure that what we understand. So this is again, I, I wanted to, to start from the from the from the end of the chapter because that is the highlight. We're trying to understand what I'm trying to say. That is the highlight, is how to live all together, right? How we can see Christ in each one. We do this because we understand that we were all we put on Christ, right? Why is that? Because we are all, we, there is no, nobody better than the other, right? And if we have, we keep this mindset in our, in our mind that there is nobody better than the other, again, this will eliminate probably all the, the, the problems of the whole world, right? That we are all equal. We're all equal, literally equal, right? Why? Because we are all under the prison of the law. But before that, he, 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 he kind of like builds his case towards that. To give a human example, brothers, back again to verse 15. Even with the man-made covenant, no one and knows it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Meaning what? If somebody has a will, for example, after that person is deceased, no one can change the will, regardless what the will says, right? It's, it's an actual document. The will will nobody will say, okay, this will is a no, no value. It's not valid. So this is an human example, right? So he's saying what that that again, that the promise to inherit again the will, see, to 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 Abraham was before the law, and no other law can come and annul what the original will, the original promise, right? So he's telling them again, like, why would you come back and say, okay, no, we have to go with the with the law? Because the promise was to Abraham that from you, all nations, right? From your seed. So he's saying that even in the human law, that's not, not, uh, doesn't happen. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. So the promise is in one, which is in Christ, right? The promise is in Christ, to be fulfilled in Christ. And that's what he's trying to explain to them. It's not like the offspring that you are. No, the promise is in Christ. And that's why later on he goes that we have to be baptized and put on Christ. So we're putting on what we're able to do, what to accept or to live the promise, right? So there's no difference between the promise and, and Christ. That's exactly what St. Paul did when he talked about this in Hebrews. Those of, of who, who studied Hebrews with us, when he goes like, it's time to enter into the rest. And like, what is the rest? Is it Canaan? Is it this? No. And at the end, he says, the trust is what? It's Christ. Right? Referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ? Here is very, very clear. To you and to... And uh, verse 16, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. So the seed, the seed is Christ. The fulfillment of the promise is through and in Christ, right? Back again to us, whatever we do, if we are not in Christ, we are not actually enjoying that inheritance, right? And how we can be in Christ, we allow Christ to be in the heart, in the heart, right? And he goes on with that into, into more actual. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterward does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God. Meaning what? Meaning if, if the promise to Abraham was enough, his offsprings will not be enslaved in Egypt. Right? The 430, 430 is actually not the time from Abraham, because you know, from the time of Abraham till the time of the, 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 the left Egypt was actually about 625 years, right? But the time of, so what he's talking about here is the time as we know from, 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 from the rest of the, of the scripture, that the time that the people of, of Israel were enslaved in Egypt were about 430 years. So he's saying that if you were justified because you are the children of, of Abraham by biological, you wouldn't have been enslaved in Egypt, right? 
See what I'm saying? But you were enslaved in Egypt because you were not what? You did not keep the faith. Right? So what again, meaning what? Meaning that that the, the, the law that was given later on, 430 years, was 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 needed at that time in order to do what we what he will talk about in the next few few verses here. Are you following me or, or, or you get lost? Again, in spite of Abraham's faithfulness, his children were enslaved. Why they were enslaved? At that time, there was no law. But he's saying that, that you know, the, the, if you were, again, you're guaranteed because you are the offspring of Abraham, then you wouldn't have been, you would have been protected from, in, from slavery. So being the offspring, the biological offspring of Abraham did not save you from being enslaved in Egypt. Okay, that's basically simply what he's saying, right? But when you were enslaved and then came the law that told you and told us and told everybody that you are waiting for what again? For the one who will free you from this, which is the seed where the promise came, right? Yes. Yes. Their biological, yes, children of Abraham when they were in Egypt. Right. Right. Yes. But 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 keeping that lineage was important to from from that comes Christ, right? Yeah. But again, it's not it's not that they were just being his biological children that then they are automatically justified. That's the point. Yeah, they're not justified. Right. They're but they, they are still chosen at that time in order for the fullness of the time to come Christ, and then he will justify and he will, he will choose what. Everybody, and that's again. If you remember the 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 the, the prophecies that we read during uh, Epiphany, during the the the, the water of the, lit the liturgy of the water in Jeremiah, it said that you will become my people, right? The new promise that I, everybody, right? I will give them this and this and that, right? So the the change from and that's exactly what Saint Peter was was talking about. That we were alien, we were foreigners, and then we became what people of the household of the Lord, right? Through what? Through the promise, who brought everybody to him. Right. Uh, there is a question I, I heard, but I don't know who uh, said it. Yes, but uh, wh why, why God chose the Israelites to be his chosen people? Mm. Uh, I think, I think the, there is two causes. First of all, the, through them, the word might uh, acknowledge uh, God, uh, but they they were they were not they, they were not faithful. And this is uh, came in Romans Romans three three. Yes. Uh, if if uh, if uh, uh, some somebody was unfaithful, is this uh, makes the the faithfulness of God without effect? Yes. This one second is that uh, Jesus, uh, uh, who is uh, the, the promised uh, savior, uh, must be, be become incarnate from uh, uh, people who knows God, right? From heaven. Right. Uh, I, I, the question, but I didn't hear the the, the response. Right. And actually, Saint Paul himself, like later on, when he talks about Hagar and talks about about Rebecca, he kind of points at that that through Isaac. The, the, the children of the promise, not through Ishmael, right? Why? Again, it could be like, why, why? We know Ishmael actually had another 12 sons, right? So like, like Jacob had 12 sons, Ishmael had 12 sons. It became a huge nation and a multi-nation, right? And, 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 and multiplied that, right? 
And God actually gave him that kind of like promise also, right? That you would become a, 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 a nation. So why, why the lineage of Isaac continuing that, but not the lineage of, they're still both from what? From Abraham, right? Why? Because the promise said from Sarah, you will, you will have a son. And the son of the promise will be from Sarah, not from Hagar. Hagar was his own choice, right? Hagar was the promise or the, the, the solution of Abraham and Sarah when they did not believe in the promise. So how out of that becomes comes the, 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 the promise himself? It, it, it won't. See? If you go back again to the story itself, it is very, very clear. How, why is that? Because that's, that's God. As we said before, he's, he's, he's the judge. He decided the court, the divine court said that the promise will come from Sarah. That's, that's a divine court order. Nobody can say why. That's what it is, right? But what, what Abraham and Sarah did was very, very, very interesting. That they said no, because we waited. You know, the promise came to Abraham when he was what? First, the first one came when he was 75. But then Isaac came later on. So we have about 25 years or so that he's waiting. And as he's waiting and waiting, waiting, like, okay, God, you might be wrong or you're, you're, you're delayed. So let's find our own way, right? So Sarah brought Hagar and Hagar brought Sarah. Sarah brought Hagar to, 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 to uh, uh, Abraham. And then, and then they, they decided on their own. So how can the promise come from the son of the servant, as St. Paul talks about it in the next chapter, right? And the fathers, you know, talked a lot about this, that, that Hagar is the Old Testament and Sarah is the, is the new promise. And, but, but just even just for, from the text itself, that again, let, let's keep this in mind. The divine court order was that out of Sarah will be the promise. Okay, they went around and fooled around, did whatever they wanted, did, that's their own problem, right? So that, that will not change the court order to be, okay, why didn't the, the, the promise came from, this, from, the, from the seed of Ishmael? No, because it wasn't like this. Right? And that's very, very relevant to us, to be honest. Again, we don't want to just take this text as, as more of, of, of theology and more of, 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 no, it's very, very relevant to our own thing. When God saying you know, what you are my son, right? But you are my son through A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Through this is the plan that I have for you, right? Just trust in it. And that's why he talks about it at the end by faith, right? Just trust. We were talking about this yesterday in Hebrews when we were studying Hebrews 11 yesterday. We said that faith is so much related to what? To hearing. To obey. And that's, you know, Abraham heard and obeyed and moved on with that. Christ himself. If you look at the mind of Christ in, in, in Philippians 2, he obeyed and emptied himself and became, he obeyed. So in order to have faith, I have to do what first? To hear and to obey. Right? Because again, why would I have faith in something that is unseen? We we're talking about this yesterday. Right? Faith is the, the substance of the unseen. Okay, substance, like, substance is always something that's seen. This is substance, so I can see this. But you want me to believe or to, 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 to have a substance of something that is, is unseen? How could it be a substance even? Because it's linked to what? To hearing. Hear the promise. Right? So when Abraham did not hear the promise at one point, him and Sarah, right? And then went on their own. God says, well, that, that cannot be my people. Those cannot be my people. That, that is your own decision, your own way of dealing with things. That's not my plan. That's not my, my plan. And I think a lot of times we miss this idea that, that he is in control. Again, he has his own plan, and we have to just obey. And because of that, we can miss the inheritance. So that's what, 
what St. Paul is talking about here when we go back to the, to the text that, that uh, the, the, no one can annul this, this, this deal, this promise. No, no, law, no law can come again. If we make a deal now, right? If two, 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 two countries made a, a peace treaty, okay? And they agreed on, on, on that. And then later on, law changes. That law cannot what? Cancel the, the peace, right? That's what we have in Egypt and, uh, and Israel, right? Exactly the same thing. There was a peace and it was signed and there are you know, borders and lines and everything, no matter what can, different, different governments, different rulers, different, that is, that's, that's what it is, right? You cannot change it unless you wanna to go to war again and start all over again. It cannot be. So it's the same thing. The law will not change the promise. That's what St. Paul is trying to say here. So why was the law? The law was there to tell you that you are wrong. <laughs> and was there to tell you that what the becoming what the tutor, tutoring, schoolmaster. And that's actually from, from the culture itself. At that time, they, 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 they would bring the child and give him to, to a person that will do what will take care of that per, of the child in order to raise him, to educate him, and he has the right to, to discipline him, to, to rebuke him in order what he is a guardian, but he's not the father. He will bring him, he will help him to get to where he wants to be, and then he give him to, to, to the father. Now the father can have all the right to do whatever, give him inheritance, give him whatever. So that's exactly what he said, that the law became our guardian, our schoolmaster, our tutor. To, to make us mature, right? If you go back again to, 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 to the time of, of the, 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 the nation of Israel and, and, and so forth, we all know very well from history and from the book and from the Bible itself, that all the other nations were very, very, very vulgar, right? And very, very violent, right? So for, in order for, for the Lord to prepare and to keep certain lineage in order for them at one point to come Christ, he had to give them the law in order to say, no, you have to abide by this. You cannot be like the rest. Right? So it was governing them, right? Again, that's why he said it was like uh, 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 we were all under the prison, right? But under the prison actually gave them the hope and that's all the the, the prophecy of the Old Testament, that, that the salvation is coming, right? If you look at, again, we read this in, 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 in Epiphany, in, uh, in, uh, in Habakkuk 4, or, or the end of Habakkuk 5. Even if there is no vineyard on the, on the vine, and there is no cattle in the thing, and there is nothing, but I will rejoice in God of my salvation. Right? Why? Because there is hope. And the hope is in the seed. That's why I said when faith came, when faith came. For the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. So the promise was between God and Abraham that this is, this is the promise. It wasn't by the law. And that was like, again, almost 600 something years before the law. So how come you're coming now and said, no, you have to, to do the law again. The law was not for that purpose, right? Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, as you said, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. Okay. And if, if, we, if we take something out of this, it, it, it is our understanding again and our mindset that, that, that in order to be renewed, we cannot be renewed and transformed away from the work of God in ourselves. Absolutely not. There is nothing that we can do will make us actually be transformed from the inside to be his children. Nothing that will make us eligible for the inheritance, if I may say that. Unless he himself is coming and do what? And, and, and transform our hearts, right? Yes, we have to abide. Yes, we have to obey. Yes, we have to be in line. Yes, we have, as I was talking to a person earlier this morning, we have to be within the magnetic field and he will do, he'll be the one who, do, who does what? Attract. So that's what he said in John, right? I will, I will, I will bring them or attract them, right? So that's what he's trying to say here. That that all those things again, if we abide by by the law, it was it was because of the transgressions, 
until the offspring will come, which is Christ. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be the law. So if the law, is the law contrary to the promise? No, it wasn't contrary to the promise. Why? Because if the law had been given to give life, there was no, we would, be, we would have been righteousness already by the law. So the law is not contradiction, but the law is preparing for the promise. The law is preparing the people for the promise. Because we realize under the law that we are all imprisoned, and then we need something to get us out of this, or someone to get us out of this. Right? And then he, he, he moves on to that, to that end of uh, last passage that, that we, we've talked about today. It's, it's, it's again, you know, you can get so much lost in this text because of, of, of the, 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 the theology that's in it and the, 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 the expressions and everything. But that's why I wanted to start with the end of it because that makes it very, very, very relevant-ish, right? And in order for us to, to reach, that, that is the point. There's no one better than the other because we are all under the prison, imprisoned by the law. And the only one and only that will get us out of this is what is the promise, the offspring, the faith that will come, which is Christ himself. So let's not waste time trying to, you know, a lot of times you try, okay, I wanna, again, we're just talking about this with, with the group in, in, in Madison the other day, that, that we do lots of things, but we neglect being in his presence. And his presence is the promise. And his, pre his presence is what will change the heart, no matter what we do from the outside. Again, as we always say, you know what? Doesn't matter how often you come or how often you fast or how often, if, 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 if he is not the reason and the, and the, and the, and the and the way of righteousness, then nothing, nothing will actually, actually all this will make us what? We feel more guilty, right? Again, my, my, my talk with, with somebody this morning, you know, about fasting, for example. Fasting, which is supposed to be an exercise we do that in order to get us close to God, it became what? A burden to us. Prayer, the same thing. Instead of being, bring us into his presence and make us actually joyful in his presence, it became a burden. And make us make us more 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 uh, guilty because we cannot we cannot reach this. Peggy, I have a question. You're raising your hand. Yes, you can unmute yourself. Peggy, you raise your hand. You have a question. You're muted. Okay. Okay, maybe not. Anybody else want to add something? Yes, David, you want to, to add something? Mm. Right, yes. Right. Right.
coming back on the available side, some ulterior moves that have a need to be made in order to communicate my I think this. The, this all came, I take it back again. So, so what David is saying is, is, again, there are too many other nations at that time who are very, very civilized also, even maybe more, but they didn't have the communication, right? They don't speak the language of God, so that's Well, but again, that's debatable because God could have, you know, but since you're talking about the language, I think the, the, the core problem with this from the time of the Tower of Babylon, right? Because and what what happened then when 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 there was division of the language, what was their own problem? It was the same thing that we're talking about here, which is what pride. Let's make a tower. Let's reach God, right? And 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 be equal to Him, right? And because of that, there was there was the division. The tongues were were divided, and 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 they were all start their own their own uh, way. So the core problem was this, that again, that they thought that they are good, right? That they can reach that based on their own, not based on what God has given them, right? And that became that problem, which is again, very, very relevant to, to, to all of us here. Once we try, when, once we have that mindset that kind of creeps in and takes over that I am better or I can reach God on my own, even on a spiritual level, right? No, I can reach God on my own. I can do this and this and this and that, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be much, much better, right? Just talking again with someone earlier and said like, big part of, of, of what I feel is when I actually know that I can control myself. It gives me very good feelings, which again, you know, in a way it's not bad, right? But it's very tricky because that can be the whole, the, the main what reason for me, and that can feed on what my self-righteousness, that I was able to control myself. I was able to refuse this, or I was able to say no to this, right? And that's, I become, I become what? Very prideful, right? And that become actually the reason for me to, to fall again. And that fall will be actually more and more and even, even worse, right? So that's why here St. Paul is saying that, that, remember that we were all under the prison. We we're all imprisoned under the law. And there's only one who will make us equal. And that's why he said, we have to go through the baptism. We have to be born again and put on Christ. And when we put on Christ, we're all Christ-like. Then there's no difference between you and you and you and you. Then we will enjoy that inheritance, which was given as it says at the end of the passage here, uh, that, that there is neither male nor female for you are all in Christ, and then in verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. That's what it is. Talking about Abraham's seed, talking about the offspring, talking about you are the, the chosen. Okay. You are not unless you are what? You put on Christ. Whoever puts on Christ becomes Abraham's seed. And if you are Abraham's seed, then you are what? An heir according to the promise. Right? Any other questions or comments? Okay, uh, so we're done with chapter three, thank God. We'll, uh, we'll start four again uh, next time, God willing, next Saturday, and then uh, we'll move on with that. Again, there is a lot in that. I, I really encourage you to read on your own, read Galatians again, <coughs> and take it step by step and see again, spend some time with it and send, spend some time again praying with it and seeing exactly what does it mean. And then, uh, and then we, we, we take that as, as an actual uh, uh, special message for us, for us again, how we can really move on, how we can really become, as it says at the end of the chapter, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's. If you are Christ, what does it mean to us that we are Christ? That we belong to him. What does that mean? That we, as it says, we die with him and we come up with him again as as putting on Christ together, right? And that's what makes us all one. Then again, when I look back again to my first question, that is the lens that we're using. That, that is the lens that we're using that I am looking at each one all over the world, not just those who we, who we know or those who we, 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 we deal with. No, everybody will become what? 
child, as it says here, but we are the children in verse 26, that we are, that for you, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And that's why I would never, actually, I will, I will, I will think twice before I say something to anybody, because I know that he is also, and she is also a child of God, a son of God. Thank you. Um, let's pray and then we'll continue chapter four uh, next Saturday, God willing. Thank you. 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 May the love of God the Father, grace of His only begotten Son, the King of the Holy Spirit, with you. Go in peace. Uh -huh. peace all amen. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, Abuna. Thank you. Good night.